In this episode, I'm going to be reading chapter 19, Another Rescue. Put your mind to rest. Take a deep breath through your nose. Hold it. Relax every, everything in your body while exhaling slowly. Another deep breath through the nose. Hold it. Release over every bone in your body. Feel yourself sinking into the bed and listen to the story as it unfolds. Satu Sai could not sleep. She was very tired and very weak, but her mind would not rest. It was not only the war, it was her anxiety about Tuku, the good old man, and the feeble old mother. How was the good Ching Chong to deal with all this? The next morning, as soon as it was light, and when everyone else was still asleep, Sa Tu Sai slipped away. Her shoulder still ached, and her first few steps were unsteady, but she managed to steal out of the house without being seen. So this was the full rain quarter. This was where no bombs were allowed to be dropped. It was certainly very beautiful, with its tall houses, gardens and fountains. Sadu Sai breathed deeply. Here, the air was fresh and sweet, with no smell of smouldering ruins. Here, the people slept soundly behind glass windows. Here, no one wept and wailed, no one was shot, and all things were as they should be. Satu Sai breathed in the morning air with pleasure. She could now walk quite firmly, though her shoulders still troubled her. She quickened her pace. She felt that she was not needed here and asked herself why she had stayed so long. She felt ashamed and angry with herself. The man with the big moustache had said that one must keep going, even if one only had one leg and she had given in because of a little pain in her shoulder. She must hurry back to work. At last, 
she was out of the foreign quarter. There, on the hill, was the station. She knew it by the framework of a bridge that had been blown up and hung limply in mid-air. And here was where she had found Yi Yi sitting in the middle of the track. It seemed a great many years ago. As she looked, she saw a small rough-haired dog running distractedly about. She stopped to watch him for a moment and wondered absent-mindedly whether a dog had any notion of what war was. The dog, for all the world, as if he had guessed her thoughts, raised his head and gave her a searching, meditative look. Satu Sai smiled and walked on. No, he certainly knows nothing of bombs and the Japanese, she thought. He has no need to ask himself difficult questions. His life is perfectly simple and straightforward. Satu Sai, thinking no more of the dog, was making her way through the winding streets of the quarter where the factory had stood when she suddenly felt something touch her hand. For a fleeting second, she had a thrill of joy. Could it possibly be Tuku? She looked round and saw the dog behaving in a curious fashion. At the station, he had been quite quiet and undemonstrative. Now, he was wagging his tail with excitement and at the same time making little cries of distress. What can be the matter? Thought Satu Sai. She bent down, patted his neck, and then turned to go. But the dog grew more and more excited and refused to let her pass. He jumped about all round her, barred her passage, and when she said sharply, Let me go, I've got so much to do, quite forgetting, of course, that he couldn't understand her. He got up on his hind legs, put his big full paws on her shoulders and looked at her so beseechingly that she was troubled. Dirty strands of hair hung down over his eyes and he looked so good-natured and so forlorn that Satu Sai decided to try to find out what he wanted of her. She gave up any attempt to go forward and stood quite still. The dog at once became quieter. He took his four paws from her shoulders, stood properly on all four legs, 
turned round and ran back a few paces toward the station. Then he stopped, looking round anxiously for Satu Sai and waited for her to follow. When she had caught up, he ran on in front of her again and on seeing that she was following, wagged his tail joyfully and gave several short, sharp barks. In this manner, they made their way back to the station. Here the dog led Satu Sai across the rails and came to a stop at the wreckage of the bridge where he sniffed about anxiously, wagged his tail and barked excitedly. Satu Sai watched closely, wondering what he wanted. Ah, she thought, dogs are far worse off than little girls. They can't even talk. She bent down to see what the dog was doing and caught sight of an arm protruding from beneath a fallen pillar of the bridge. The dog crawled under the pillar of the bridge and whimpered like a child. Satu Sai crawled under the pillar as far as she could and finally discovered the body of a woman. The dog was now lying beside his mistress. With frantic, untiring devotion, he licked her forehead and throat. This wakened the woman, who began to moan. Satu Sai tried with all her strength to release the woman from the wreckage, but she could not. She was too small and frail. The woman lay wedged between two beams which had fallen on her, and the girl, try as she would, could neither shift them nor roll them away. The most she could do was to raise one or other of them for an inch or two for a few seconds. The dog watched her unsuccessful efforts with the meanest interest. Satu Sai's breath came in short gasps. Her arms were trembling and her shoulder throbbed painfully. No, it was no good. She would have to fetch Ching Chong. But would the woman still be alive when she got back? A pillow lay across her arm and a wooden beam across her body. How long could one live in such a situation? Satu Sai passed her hand across her brow. It was hot and wet. She rose to her feet and prepared to go. All this time, the woman had moaned, but it said nothing. Again, the dog pushes his muzzle against the girl and looked at her with questioning, imploring eyes. It's no good. I can't do it, said Satu Sai 
in despair. She no longer thought of the dog as an animal, but as a human being who understood what she was saying. He did understand her, but he would not believe her. Human beings. He believed they could do anything they wanted, so he pushed her with his nose and whimpered and gave her a look that was so encouraging and at the same time so beseeching that she could not resist it and set to work anew. To her amazement, the dog had hit upon a plan. As soon as Satu Sai had began raising the beam a little from the woman's body, he dragged her free of it. It all happened so quickly that Satu Sai could scarcely believe her eyes. The woman's arm was still held by the pillar, but this neither Satu Sai nor the dog could move at all. At all events, the most important work had been done. The woman was now able to breathe more freely, though she still seemed to be in pain and did not speak. Satu Sai stood up. I'm going to send you Ching Chong, she said to the woman and the dog. He's stronger than I am and he'll bring you both to the White House. The dog seemed to understand her perfectly. He sat down beside his mistress, proud to be on guard until Ching Chong could come to relieve him. Sadly, all good things must come to an end, so I bid you good night, sleep tight, and don't let the bedbugs bite.